Welcome to Swift Unwrapped, a weekly show about the Swift programming language and other Swift.org projects. My name's JP. And I'm Jesse Squires. And today we want to talk about the uh, Apple Swift source compatibility suite and a few uh, frustrations, I guess, that I have with it. Yeah. Uh, Me too now, I guess, that we've discussed it a bit. Uh, But uh, yeah, how about you start off with... uh... Uh, your recent uh, well do you want to yeah. start off with um kind of uh what the swift source compatibility suite is uh, for folks who don't know and yeah uh, what your take on it is yeah yeah let's start with that so this project started as uh a way for the the swift team to build up some uh some infrastructure around source compatibility testing and the i the overall idea was to gather up a bunch of open source projects from the community and run tests against them to test for source compatibility um, or like source breaking changes. Essentially, everyone knows that Swift uh, 2 to 3 was a pretty painful migration. Um, It was very intentionally uh, source breaking and everyone knew that. It was announced, it was very clear. Uh, But one of the big goals for after Swift 3, so the point releases as well as uh, moving to 4 was uh, maintaining that source compatibility as much as possible. And so this project was developed. You can find it uh, on Apple's GitHub Swift Source Compat Suite. And uh, anyone can submit a PR to add their projects. You basically write a little bit of JSON. You just provide metadata about your uh, project, uh, which has to be hosted on GitHub, I'm pretty sure. Is that right? No, I don't think that's a requirement, but, but okay. there is a set of requirements, um, such as like it has to be permissibly licensed, sure, such as MIT sure. or Apache or something. Yeah, or BSD. Uh, but I don't think there's a requirement for it to, to be on GitHub. I see. Uh, I think it requires being in a Git repo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then you, you know, you provide the URL to your repo, some metadata about the project, how to run it, essentially. Um, and then this is all run, I don't know how often, actually, I guess periodically on the Swift CI servers, uh, they will run this suite, which has like some Python scripts, basically, to fetch all these projects um, and run them, test for source compatibility breakage. Um, But I think they're actually also using this now for like, I think I saw some stuff on Twitter, maybe it was just comments here and there about potentially using this for measuring performance and compile times as well. It's basically just this this giant cache of real live projects in Swift. So it's definitely a great resource, I think. Um, Yeah, it's definitely being used um, as of fairly recently to... Uh, to benchmark compile times. Um, yeah. It has, it only uses a small subset mm-hmm. of the projects that are in the Swift source compatibility suite. Uh, it uses Alamo Fire and, and I think just like uh, one or two other projects. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's actually not encouraged to add more projects to that. So I, I think for some reason they want to keep that um, set of projects that's used for performance testing fairly uh, small. Sure. Yeah. 
otherwise for the com- source compatibility projects, uh, I think they're they want as many as possible, right? Yeah, they they have quite a few. Um, there's a canonical list on Swift.org um, of current lists of of, uh, of projects, and yeah, I think just looking at it real quick, there's probably about fifty here. Um, yeah, put in a text editor to count the lines here. Yeah, fifty five. Yeah, I've uh, I've added I think two of my projects. Um, one of them, which actually broke multiple times. Uh, because of regressions in the uh, compiler. Um, and then another one that um, I just added uh, just because. Uh, so what are your two projects um, called? There's a data sources kit, which is like a iOS project around like data sources, uh, collection view, table view stuff. And then there's a core data kit, which is like some core data wrappers. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like um, you're actually in luck. Uh, because um, one of my frustrations with uh, the source compatibility suite is that um, uh, failures or breakages are uh, annotated in here without um, the maintainers being notified. Right. Right. So one of the, so the whole idea here is to have projects that, um, that Swift can, uh, every change to the language can uh, test itself against and see if it broke anything uh, that are in these in these source compatibility suite projects. Um, and when things break, uh, some people from Apple uh, will mark those projects as expected failures, uh, and therefore they no longer serve any purpose whatsoever uh, being in this project. They're not being tested against. Uh, well, if, if they are, failures are basically being ignored as expected. And the maintainers for those projects aren't notified. Now, uh, it's whenever you add a project to this uh, source compatibility suite, you need to add a maintainer email address. Right. Um, no email is ever sent to that email address if uh, the, the project fails. Uh, so, like, say a change to the Swift programming language, you know, PR on Apple slash Swift is merged and it causes one of these projects to break. The maintainer isn't notified, and therefore that project is never run ever again. Um, well, it is run, but if it fails, it's just uh, business as usual. Right. Right. And right. therefore, um, an expected failure. So, for example, w- one reason in which this might fail uh, in, in an expected way, and the Swift PR is still merged, is when um, the Swift team knowingly makes a breaking change. Right. So, for example, um, a change to the uh, Swift Package Manager manifest uh, that is knowingly a breaking change mm-hmm. um, that ends up breaking some of the projects in the source compatibility suite, those will be marked as X fails. Because, right. well, hey, at that point, it's the responsibility of the maintainer to go and update their project to, to this breaking change. Sure. The problem is that the maintainers don't know to do that. <laughs> yeah, right? the maintainers aren't notified. Uh, so one of the things you can do is watch this repo yeah. and like periodically uh, check to see if your thing is marked as an X fail. Yeah. So is that in the the main like project manifest they, they mark it as that? How is that actually done? Uh, yeah, so there's a projects.json file. Um, uh, that marks all of the projects that are um, that are included in this. And mm-hmm. as of this moment, there are 21 
X-Fails marked in this project.json out of a list of 55, I think we mentioned, projects, which means that like half of these things aren't actually being leveraged for source source compatibility reasons. Right. Which means that, hey, I've added SwiftLint to this so that SwiftLint and all of its dependencies are being tracked to see if um, any changes to the Swift programming language is breaking something in either SwiftLint or SourceKitten, which it depends on, or Yams, which is a YAML parsing framework that yeah, also, yeah. also depends on. So I've only added SwiftLint because it's a leaf node in this like giant tree of dependencies. Sure. So that I know with this one project, if any of those break, or if any of those is causing a change to the Swift programming language mm-hmm. to, to break something that, that's out there that's in a Swift project that's actually compiling. Right. Uh, now, if this is marked as xfail and I'm not notified... I get none of that, uh, none of those benefits. Yeah, none of that reassurance. Yeah, none of that reassurance. Uh, the people contributing to Swift don't get that feedback that might have broken something in any of those projects. Yeah, which this is, is kind my, of the whole point of this thing. Which is kind of the whole point of this thing. Yeah. So um, whenever a Swift PR is about to be merged and it's uh, people notice that it's breaking something upstream, but it, it's okay, they're comfortable with that, or even... Even, yeah, so really they'll only merge that if they're comfortable making that breaking change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the maintainer isn't notified, and therefore the benefits of having that project included in the Swift source compatibility suite will be void up and until the fact that several things happen. Mm-hmm. One, the maintainer notices that this is an X-fail, which they have to do of their own proactive behalf. They have to be scouring this to to check yeah. because they're not notified. Um Two, uh, the maintainers need to then reproduce the issue mm-hmm. so that they can um, they can identify what the what the source is and therefore fix it. Uh, and it's difficult to identify the issue because uh, surprise number two, when issues are identified here in the Swift Source Compatibility Suite, you would think that um, because the responsibility lies on the maintainer of li- the library to fix it, right. that uh, it it be at least that an issue to track this would be at least filed in some sort of accessible medium, like for example the Swift Jira system bugs.swift.org. Uh, right. Guess what? It is not filed there. It is filed as a closed source radar or closed access radar. Right. How did you discover that? I noticed it because I uh, do have notifications for the Swift Source Compatibility Suite GitHub repo on. Yeah. And someone was filing a PR to mark SwiftLint as xfails. Ah, and it was being done so um, because of a source breaking change. I see. Um, uh, so in this case, it was uh, it used to be valid to mark um, to mark a closure signature, including implicitly unwrapped optionals (IUOs). Mm-hmm. And with a recent change, that's now an error. Uh, and you need to use um, the question mark syntax to mark it as optional, which sure. is fine. You know, it's a fine change to make, but yeah. it is a source breaking change. Right. And so it was causing um, uh, source kitten to fail because that's how we mark all of the dynamically loaded methods from source kit. We m- code gen all of those as closures. I see. Um, and we basically want them to be treated as IUOs, but. Um, 
that's now an error as of Swift Master as of uh, about a week ago. Yeah, makes sense. So I saw that someone was filing a PR on the Swift source compatibility suite to mark Swift Lint as X-Fail. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Um, now, the, the next thing that needs to happen is that the maintainer needs to reproduce this issue. Uh, so what, what do you do? Well, um, if it if this change hasn't landed in uh, a Swift snapshot yet, you can't download it, so you have to build all of Swift from source. Right. Fine. I know how to do that. That's not too hard. Uh, spin up a Linux instance so that I can build Swift way faster than I can on my on my laptop. Sure. Um, look at the documentation for the Swift source com- uh, compatibility suite and realize that, oh, hey, uh, these instructions are out of date. Right. So file a few PRs towards Swift source compatibility suite, fixing up the documentation, Changing the name of scripts, changing the the order of things, the parameters have changed. A few things have changed. Right. Okay, so that's kind of frustrating, but whatever. Um, uh, now I need to reproduce it. Yeah. Okay, reproduce the issue. Great. I know what it is. I've realized that it is like this specific IUO issue that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Go and fix it. Um, it's pretty... Pr- problematic or or, uh, you have to jump through a few hoops in order to actually run the swift source compatibility suite now with with this like potentially fixed version of of your project Uh, managed to fix that fix that upstream but now because this issue was in one of the dependencies of the projects that's added to the swift source compatibility suite I need to wait until an official release of my dependency is, is is pushed out I need to wait until my downstream project, SwiftLint, actually pulls in that dependency and a new release of that is cut. Right. So that I can then finally unexfail this project in the Swift Source compatibility suite. Yeah. This is a lot of work. And this means that in the next few weeks, the time that it takes for all those things to happen, SwiftLint is not being tested or does not it's being tested, but it doesn't actually provide any value for any further breakages, and new ones could be introduced, right? And actually, likely will be introduced, mm-hmm. and therefore, like they'll need to be kind of backported to things that have been merged to Swift Master at that point. And who said open source was hard? Uh huh. So this is all kind of responsibility that lies with the project maintainers, which is fine if there was actual kind of communication between the Swift source compatibility suite maintainers and the project maintainers, of which none has happened. Um, No emails are sent out when X fails are are marked. Right. No JIRAs are filed. Radars are filed, but then maintainers aren't notified of those. Uh, Even if a JIRA was filed, um, you know, the maintainer should get assigned to it or get notified at least in there, which happens occasionally, but it's not uh, like it didn't happen in this case. So all in all, it's a very frustrating uh, process. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the, the X fails and the, the project manifest now. Um, yeah. It looks like they're targeting like, yeah, the specific uh, Swift versions at, at which the projects fail. Which the ones I'm looking at, it's like looks like they were fine for three, and then um, after like they're they're marked as failing for like the Swift four and Swift four dot one branches, which seemed like the important ones to be running right now, considering uh, well, considering Swift four is already out and four dot one is coming soon uh, next year. So, so another issue that I have with all this is the lack of guidance. Yeah. Um, 
So there's been very little communication from uh, the Swift Source Compat folks towards the maintainers that have these 55 projects that are listed here. Yeah. Such as, okay, well, now Swift 4 is out. Do we need to do anything different for our projects? Do we need to add a commit that um, has known that, that's known to compile and pass tests with that Swift version? Right. Well, the answer is yes, but no one was notified right. that this was the case. No email to Swift dev mailing list, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a handful, I think like maybe three or four projects have been updated uh, with a Swift 4 commit uh, that's known to compile. But that's only like a small segment and it's really just out of the proactiveness of a handful of compu- uh, of contributors. Right. Yeah, I haven't updated my projects uh, since, I mean, I added them for Swift 3, I think. Right. But it looks like, well, obviously I should add a Swift 4 uh, commit there, but... Should should I also do like Swift three dot one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You probably should. Right. Um, actually. Oh. But there's wait. no guidance. Yeah. I don't think I actually. Uh, it's going to take me some time to find like a three dot one uh, commit for those two projects, probably because I kind of skipped that in my releases and just went straight to four. Um. So uh, maybe I'll just skip that. And yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. fine. Uh, yeah. It's totally fine to to not provide a commit for for each and every version. But yeah. if you want to be like a, a, an, an exceptional member of the community, I guess you know, <laughs> right. like uh, put yeah. put as much as you can in there so sure. that any source breaking changes, even if it's only between three dot one and, and three dot two, mm-hmm. uh, are caught. Yeah, it looks like a lot of these different uh, projects, or maybe this is the same one. Um, they're all linking to. The same Swift uh, Jira ticket um, for the breakage. Um, let's see. This uh, 4981. At least there is one Swift Jira. The, there open. are some, yes. There are some that are that are done in the open here. Uh, but it's not, um, it, it's not everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's, it, and it's not... Um, comprehensive yeah yeah and this one has been open since uh since may which is a little this i mean it's a source compatibility bug and yeah so it's been what over six months or so yeah and the last comment was from jordan rose um in mid-july saying well uh uh what happens next and and there's no reply yeah you know this seems uh terribly unmaintained (laughs) Yeah, and and I'm sorry to use such harsh wording, but it's um it's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are just tons of things going on, right? Uh, but this does seem like a more important project to probably keep track of. Yeah. Uh, I I guess more considering the history of Swift and source compatibility and performance and everything. Um, although I will say that my experience when so I had a previous project. Um, it regressed in like the Xcode eight days with um, maybe going to Swift 3. I can't remember exactly now. Um, and then it later regressed um, uh, after that. Um, but both times like the, the Swift team was like very attentive uh, to the issue. Um, and they're both fixed during the beta uh, period before like the final Xcode versions were released for eight and nine, I think. 
Uh, so that was pretty great. So like that one experience I had was actually very good um, where I, I found the issue, like added, uh, opened a ticket on Jira, added the projects to source compat. And once they failed, then that fix was prioritized um, and ultimately landed before the final Xcode release. So there was that, but it does seem like things have maybe dropped off since then. Yeah, I've I've had some good experiences with yeah. this too, where um, legitimate issues have been caught and Jira tickets have been filed and there's been some transparency. I'd just like this to kind of be the norm. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And, and for you know, more communication to happen, more guidance, um, there was... You know, also this this issue of uh, the handful of projects that are used in the compilation performance benchmark mm-hmm. um, use cases, where I asked like, "Hey, I've noticed this file is now in there. This project's incremental, and the the, the projects that are used for uh, compiler performance." And um, so I asked uh, in a PR because you can't file issues, right? right. So I asked in a PR as I was updating other things. I asked, "Well, I have a few questions here. Like, should we be adding?" Our projects to this? Should we not? Like, yeah, I would what like some more. For? Yeah, um, it, it seems like uh, there is a lot of room for improvement when it comes to communication and yeah. guidance. Yeah, for sure. I would definitely like more guidance on the uh, performance, uh, the projects that are tested for performance, um, because I might want to add some of mine to that as yeah. well. Well, so the question that I asked was, um, am I allowed to add my projects to the my to the projects dash incremental dot json and projects cperf smoke test dot json uh so those are the two kind of um, manifest files that are used to to drive what projects are used to test compiler performance and i said it seems useful it seems useful to be able to add more projects here but it's not referenced from the readme um and then luke larson uh, replied here saying that uh, those files contain subsets of projects.json that we've decided we presumably being um, an internal team at Apple mm-hmm. are useful for quick, quick testing particular areas of the compiler. Hmm. We want to keep these lists relatively small for this purpose. I'd be interested to hear suggestions if you believe there are more appropriate subsets. Yeah. Um, and because I don't know what criteria is being used to determine what subset is an appropriate subset, I really don't know. It seems to me like you'd want to have all of the projects from project.json in there because um, you know, the reason why there are multiple projects are that they're all slightly different. Some are massively different. Yeah. Um, and so there might be things that a compiler performance test would catch, even though you can't necessarily think of all the reasons in which all the projects are different up front. That's why you have like a large corpus so that hopefully data wins over um, just trying to be thorough in the abstract sense of like trying to identify areas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that might be performance issues up front before they happen. Like I don't think any human programmer can have that level of forethought. Right, right. Plus what's the uh, what's the real cost of just doing performance on all the projects in the manifest? I mean, it's just some extra time on CI. I mean, which I mean, might be well, a large cost. Yeah. But. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but for the potential gain though. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. And and if that's the reason it hasn't been uh shared. Yeah. It hasn't been explained. Right. Um so th- for this project out of everything, ev- ev- all the swift.org projects, 
This one is one where uh, the Swift core team and the Swift team at Apple has gone out of its way to ask for folks to contribute. Yeah. And they've put the responsibility on the maintainers. And they say, like, to add a project to this list, you must commit to being able to resolve issues in a timely manner. Yeah, yeah. So they've asked, you know, it's not a lot from maintainers, but they have asked something. And for them to not necessarily appear to reciprocate is the frustrating aspect here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I uh, almost, you know, totally forgot that I had projects in here that should have been uh, updated for Swift 4. Like I should have added those commits for Swift 4. Um, What I would, I mean, I know they have emails here and maybe they could automate emailing people about uh, these issues. That'd probably be trivial. What I would personally like actually is if they had issue GitHub issues enabled on this project and then they could just ping the GitHub author directly. That'd be Uh, great. For, that, for me, that would be a better workflow. The but, Jira approach would be fine to me, too, because yeah. for some of these, Jiras are filed. Right. Well, the problem is that I think not everyone on GitHub who's added projects here has an account on Jira. True, but they so, all have emails, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if Apple folks are listening, uh, we complain because we care. Yes. And there's so much potential here. And I think the fact that this exists at all is amazing. Right. But there's a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. And we would, I would love to help it improve. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if there's something we can do, uh, something more, then let us know. But, uh, yeah. I think uh, we'll end the discussion there. Um as always, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Squires. You can find the show at Swift underscore Unwrapped. You can find me on Twitter at SimJP. And uh, if you please leave a review in iTunes. And if you want to join the conversation, we're at spectrum.chat. Thanks for listening.